Hi, and welcome to episode 99 of the Dinner Sisters podcast. 99, Betsy. Crazy. Okay. I think we see that like every, now that we're in the 90s, we're just going to keep repeating that until people are sick of it. And I don't care because mm-hmm. it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking. For my family of five, I've got three kiddos. They are five, seven, and ten. Our goal with this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. And here's how this works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, anywhere I can find a recipe on the World Wide Web. We have all these recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and a shopping list on our website at dinnersisters.com. You can also get them sent directly to your inbox if you subscribe to our newsletter, which I write every week. And uh, yeah, if you're the type of person who likes to preview things before listening. Okay, Kate, let's dive in here. This week's recipes were slow-roasted salmon with fennel, citrus, and chilies by Bon Appetit, slow-roasted chicken with oregano and buttered tomatoes from Allison Roman via the New York Times Cooking, and slow-roasted sweet potatoes on Wisconsin Public Radio with Smitten Kitchen. Uh, there's a clue in all these titles about the the episode today, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll leave it to our listeners to figure it out ahead of time. Uh, but my thoughts lately are all about food that just, like, warms you up. And that's what I was thinking about when I was writing this episode. I was like, oh, I just, like, want warming food. And so not only when you make these slow-roasted recipes do you get a warm, cuddly dinner, but all that roasting warms your house right up. Yeah, Kate, it's been, like, 25 degrees out here in oh. the morning, which is cold. I mean, it's that's 25. That's cold for you. When we're walking oh. to school. So I agreed. Burr. If there is a time to be slow roasting in Atlanta, it is this week. So it matched up perfectly. Oh, good. Well, let's dive right in here, as you said. First up, we have slow roasted salmon with fennel, citrus, and chilies by Bon Appetit. And I have to admit, Betsy, I picked this just because I wanted to eat some salmon. Mm-hmm. There's like no other reason. I was like, I want a salmon recipe, which is nice because this is my podcast and, you know, we do what we want. So mm-hmm. here we are. Um, I This is a big filet of salmon, slow roasted with sliced fennel, orange, and green chilies. Oh, and uh, orange lemon. This is the citrus thing, green chilies. And to make it, you just slice up the veggies, with toss them with salt and pepper, and some fresh dill. You lay them in the bottom of a, a three-quart roasting dish, I think it's what it said. And then put the seasoned salmon filet on top, pour a quarter cup of olive oil all over everything, and then you just roast it on a low heat, 275, so pretty low, for 30 to 40 minutes until it's done to your liking. They say 30 minutes-ish is around medium rare. I did about 35, I think. And this came out perfectly moist and super delicious. Betsy, how did everyone like it? So we love salmon at our house, so I figured this would go over well, and it did. I usually leave the jalapenos and like the chilies and that type of you stuff do. out but i didn't <laughs> this time because i really wanted them in here because i thought i would like it and sure. i just served it and didn't give anyone a warning <laughs> oh boy <laughs> my kids were kind of eating it and they were like oh oh i think i got something spicy like <laughs> when, <laughs> like a little surprise salmon <laughs> like a little surprise spice and they're kind of like what's in here <laughs> It's spicy. Uh, so that <laughs> was... pepped up dinner, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then they were like running for more water and they were oh, being very geez. dramatic about it. But everyone <laughs> liked it. I mean, that's good. 
you know, it was great. Uh, I had to go to two stores to find fennel. So I'm not sure if it was just the first store wasn't stocking it. I think this is something, again, I'd make when I see fennel just like in every single, you know, there's that season where fennel is everywhere. Uh, This would be a good recipe for that. Also, I couldn't find dill. So there's that. Yeah, I had, so fennel, I feel like because of where I am located, Mm -hmm. like people eat fennel a lot. And I think it's like an Italian thing and... Mm -hmm. That I just see fennel, like it, sometimes it's better than others for sure. Um, yeah. But rarely I can't find it. I also couldn't find fresh dill. I think that might be just a seasonal thing. Yeah. I use dried. Did you use any at all? I just left it completely out, and I'm sure yeah. it would be good with it in. I don't think it's. It wasn't a make you know. or break. Yeah, yeah. I think in in times where maybe dill is more available, which is kind of funny because that's like summertime, but that's when you can't find great citrus. So I don't know. Um, it was fine. I actually had an ordering mishap at Whole Foods and I ordered two pounds of salmon. Yeah. <laughs> and it came and I was like, well, that's, that's funny. My order was a little more expensive than I thought. Oh, well, did not even check it. The salmon came. I was like hefting it out of the bag. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. And I just was like, well, I got to make this. I have no room in my freezer for more salmon or anything else. And James actually like got a stomach ache from eating all the salmon. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like, this is so good. And I was like, okay. Um, He's like, why do you eat so much fish? So this is delicious. And then I ate it the rest of the week with like some quinoa and lentils that I made, like a little lentil salad kind of situation. Mm, It was delicious. Um, And so, you know, in the past, I got to admit, like salmon, for some reason, I'll overcook because I'll forget it. I don't know what my deal is. And this was just like almost bomb proof. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the olive oil kept it really moist. The fennel and the peppers were delicious. I enjoyed my little spicy surprises. Mm-hmm. As you know? did I. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. Ryan kept yeah. saying, I'm not sure if spicy and fennel go or spicy and salmon goes together, but he liked mm-hmm. it. And also, I mean, like we've said before, Ryan is not a cooking expert, so I'm not sure why he <laughs> is always... <laughs> Also, was he eating it? He was eating a lot of it. Okay. As he said, I'm not sure these two things go together. I'm like, but are they delicious? Could the recipe developer be on to something here? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right. For me, this is a five out of five just because I was so happy to make super moist and delicious salmon. What about you for rating? Um, I'm giving this a high four out of five. I mm. liked it. I thought some of the ingredients were just a little bit funny to try and find all year round. Fair I enough. thought it was a little, just a touch inaccessible for me. But, that is a good point. You know, yeah. Fair point. Okay, moving on here. Next up, we have the slow roasted chicken with oregano and buttered tomatoes from Allison Roman in New York Times Cooking. Kate, tell us about this. All right. So Alison Roman, queen of the Instagram recipe. She's super viral. Uh, We have talked about her cookies before and other things. She has a new cookbook out called Dining In. And this is one of those um, released recipes to promote Mm -hmm. the book, the chicken recipe. Right. And so it fit our episode perfectly. So here we are. It's like, let's let's do this. So to make it, it is basically a slow roasted chicken with tomatoes in the dish with garlic and things. And to make it, um, you just salt and pepper a whole chicken, and then you stuff the cavity with fresh oregano, put it in a three-quart baking dish, and sprinkle it with crushed fennel seeds, and then drizzle it with olive oil, the chicken, 
Yeah, that is. And you just surround in the baking dish the chicken with halved tomatoes, the rest of the fresh oregano, two heads of garlic that you have cut in half um, horizontally. Like if you were roasting garlic or something, you put that around. And then little dabs of butter, salt and pepper. You put it in a 375 degree oven for about three hours or until she says the tomatoes are jammy. You know. Mm -hmm. So Betsy, (laughs) you and I have talked about this. Mm Kind of know how this went. But I think we should talk about how this ended up for you. Yeah, Kate, it wasn't great. I'm just going to, I think we figured out what the problem was, but I will tell you when I made this, if anyone was following Instagram stories, I was Mm. also like live storying this. Right. In goes my chicken. (laughs) It's so delicious. Yeah, it's going to be so great. And then I pulled it out and this chicken is like swimming in liquid. It is like two thirds of the way full with liquid. And so we eat it and I texted you and said, this is kind of funny. This, this chicken Mm. doesn't seem, it just is so, there's so much liquid in here. And then I texted you later and said, I'm really upset about this chicken. Yeah. The the text went from like, huh, that's weird to like super irritated by the end of the night. Yeah. I went because I kept thinking about this chicken because I know if anyone has had, if you've had a slow cooker chicken mm. and i described it as like an all recipes.com slow cooker chicken which is sort of like overdone to the to the point of like like the chicken has it gets now, a little mushy it gets mushy you can't tell what's cartilage and what's chicken and it's all kind of just blending yeah. together there's no mm-hmm. flavor so i you were I a little had, disappointed I was a little disappointed, and then also I was a little bit concerned because I said, "Well, you need to make this recipe because I, I know we can. I don't think we can drag Allison Roman on our podcast. No, I mean, my God, I mean, I think that like that means idea. you never get to go on Instagram again, and I'm addicted right. to it. So yes. that would have been terrible. So yes. I I went into this with a lot of trepidation. Right. I was like, okay, and like, no, let me be clear. I always read the recipes. I follow the directions. This one, I was like reading it word for word because. Because, yeah, it seemed Screw this up. Right. Well, what are we going to do here? Yeah. But, like, the whole point of her cookbook, Dining In, is, like, casual, easy, entertaining. So it's like, this cannot be that hard of a recipe. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, maybe something's... Maybe it was the... I don't know. But here's the deal. I made it. I sent you a picture. And you're like, that's not the same chicken. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I don't know what that is. But that's not what I made. And also... Now we've made 300 recipes, and I'm pretty sure I made this correctly because it was not that difficult. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah you did push back on that. Um, uh, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Mine was, like, beautifully golden crispy. The tomatoes were, like, jammy on the side. I was like, mm-hmm. Betsy, I just keep eating this chicken. It's so good. Yeah, I was so <laughs> angry. So sorry, we have talked a while about yeah. this offline, and we did some internet research, and we've been trying sure to – Sure did. We, we were talking through what We were like, what happened? Be. Because we got such different outcomes here. And I think in the end, what we landed on was that my chicken, I just kind of grabbed a chicken. And mm-hmm. it was a probably four to five pound chicken. It was a pretty big – it looked pretty big in that dish. Yes. You know. Yeah. And so, yeah. she recommends she, – in the, in the recipe, she calls for a three pound chicken, and which is what you used. So – Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's just what came in my order. Like, I didn't even pick this chicken out. It was the same order that I did the the ridiculous two pounds of salmon order. Right. And, like, right. and I remember looking at the chicken and being like, huh, that's a smaller one. Which really turned out but to be But it was like three pounds because I yeah, checked the label. Yeah. 
Yes. So what we decided was that my five pound, four or five pound kind of larger size chicken probably crowded out my baking dish to the point where it really was not like everything was just sort of captured in there and Mm -hmm. everything steamed and just did not roast the way it was supposed to. Kate, I think it's about making sure when you're buying these larger cuts of meat or like a whole chicken to actually Mm. look at the size of what you're buying, which I am not very careful with, but I guess I should be because I think that's what made the difference here is that my chicken, my actual chicken was too big. Yeah. And, you you know, when you and I talked about this, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it either because I think sometimes, too, like you can't really control sometimes if you get an exactly three pound chicken or an exactly four pound four pounds of the pork roast at the butchers. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. Whole Foods will not cut off an, a pound for me. This is not an all service butchery. Maybe you've got one. If you do, good for you. (laughs) Or maybe you're buying shrink-wrapped ones and you just kind of like find the one that's close enough, right? Right. But I mean, you and I were talking about this. I mean, it's really the difference between – if you think about it, like cooking three pounds of ground beef on the stove or five pounds of ground beef on the stove. Which is a which everyone would say, well, that's crazy. You couldn't. Right. That wouldn't be the same <laughs> recipe. I mean, right. and you'd be like, yeah. Uh, are you sure that's a good idea? But I think for this, you're like, oh, well, like, what's the difference? Two pounds, two pounds of chicken. Who cares? And I think, I think in this case, it really matters, and that's what we gave it all that liquid. Lesson learned. But I'm sorry you had to learn it. Yeah, it was funny. I'm glad it happened because. It was it was a good learning lesson. And as I went and researched this online a lot of time, I came up with this Google answer quite a bit, which mm. was a lot of older recipes were made for three-pound chickens. And now four- and five-pound chickens are more common at the grocery store. So it's just something to be aware of when you are looking at a whole chicken recipe. That's the takeaway. Yeah, agreed. Um, I will say for me, when I made it, it was like really delicious. <laughs> yeah. And it had kind of the fennel and the oregano. So there's like kind of Italian air about it a little bit. The tomatoes, like I said, were delicious. And it, I did not serve it on toast. She recommends that. But I would mm-hmm. 100% do that if you have guests. Because that toast would be like soaked with this like really amazing tomatoey chicken juices, mm. which would be so, so good. So um, I called this a four to five, Betsy. I would actually love to make this again. And I don't know if I can convince you, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I might Maybe just move on. Right. I mean, (laughs) I did not not feel so burned by this, honestly. I just was thinking, like, well, that didn't quite work. Uh, But maybe I would try it again. I think you could also, if you used a larger chicken, use a larger roasting pan. I don't know. Maybe. Either way... I'm not rating it because it clearly was a mishap on my end. So, okay. Last recipe of the day is slow roasted sweet potatoes on Wisconsin Public Radio with Smitten Kitchen. All right. Oh, who doesn't like a sweet potato? I'm I'm sure there's people out there, but I mean, they're pretty like ubiquitous, right? And so this recipe promised a super caramelized, really roasty sweet potato, which sounded delicious. And I was like, oh, well, this will fit right in a nice vegetarian option for this episode. 
really simple to make them. You preheat your oven to 275. You take four decent sized sweet potatoes and you just rub them with a generous amount of olive oil, sprinkle them with a ton of salt and a little bit of pepper. You put them on a baking sheet and you just bake until the bot, they're nice and soft and the bottoms are like caramelized on the, you know, nice and like, you know, you've got the sugars going. It's about two and a half hours and you finish them off. This is interesting by, um, charring them on the, under the broiler in that last like minute or two, just so you get like kind of that like smokiness to it. You let them sit for about 10 minutes and then you split them open to eat them. That's, that's about it. (laughs) You're roasting a sweet potato. So how did this go for you, Betsy? I really liked these. And Mm. I think I told you this, I made the salmon at the same time because both of them are at 275. So that salmon. That was so smart. I did not see that. Yeah. The salmon. Right. Look at that little trick. So the salmon was going at 275. The sweet potatoes are 275. So I started my sweet potatoes first in the last about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. I put Mm. that salmon in and then we had what felt like a huge healthy meal, which was amazing and tons of leftovers. I really liked, they have a couple suggestions at the bottom here. And one was a chonk, which is something we learned about oh, yeah. mm-hmm. during the Indianish rest, uh, episode from Priya Krishna. And that's kind of like some spices that are toasted in an oil and then you pour it over. I didn't make it, but I thought it was if I make these again, which I think I will, these sweet potatoes, I would love to try that. And they had lots of kind of topping suggestions. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I am excited to make these again because I want to make the toppings now. Yeah. The hardest part was actually just waiting because I was getting really hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. are they done yet? Um, but honestly, I made them on a, I started them on a Sunday afternoon. I was doing laundry and just kind of putting around the house. And I had the smell of delicious sweet potatoes. I think that was part of it as I was just like smelling them the whole time my little mm-hmm. apartment. Um, but by the time I was ready to eat, though, I mean, really ready to eat, they were done. And I was like super pleased at this like super satisfying vegetarian roasted meal. It had the same kind of notes of like, for me, eating the slow roasted salmon, like very warming and nutritious tasting and just like mm-hmm. very satisfying. Um, I ended up making these and then I made two of them because four is a lot of sweet potatoes for anybody you know, right. uh, in like a very small household. So I ended up making two, which is fine. You know, it worked out really well. Uh, I ate them the first night. I just ate like half a one with, um, a little bit of like yogurt on the side. I think mm. I had some chicken leftover or something. And then I ate the rest of them. I packed and I'm not a meal prepper, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know me, I'm not prepping meals here, but I was like, oh, I can like pseudo meal prep. And so I had three halves of sweet potatoes, shoved those in some containers with black beans and my delicious chili crisp. Yum. And then I had some avocados. Betsy, I like feel really together this week. Living your best life. Living my best life. (laughs) I'm like, oh, these these lunches that I have already made instead of like desperately putting a salad together at the last minute and like swearing because I have to crack an egg and I can't handle anymore. Yeah. I mean, not that that's happened, but if it did... Like, this is a much better option. So I love this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, kudos to Smitten Kitchen. Never steering us wrong. Extra thanks to Wisconsin Public Radio, which is actually how I first found the recipe. So I wanted to give them a shout out because I was like, okay. And they have the toppings, which I thought was really fun. So what was your rating, Betsy? I'm giving this a five out of five. And it's funny that you say that you have the recipe. I mean, this is like infinitely flexible. But I oh, yeah. made 
probably six or seven at least. Oh, you did? Potatoes. Oh, yeah. Because there's five people and everyone wanted a sweet potato. Yeah. And yeah, fair enough. I wanted some extras to make those sweet potato quesadillas. So. I thought of that and I had no tortillas in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, could I get tortillas? Yes. I should just get tortillas. Yeah. Not well, I think your, well, your mm-hmm. chili crisp did the trick. You, you used sure it did. other ways. Yeah. Sure did. Uh, yeah. This is a five out of five for me as well. Yeah. Okay. Wrapping up, Kate, what was your winner on the week? Ah, I'm so torn because I loved both the salmon and the sweet potatoes, but I'm going to go with the salmon because it was easy for me. And I usually don't do salmon really well. And I was like, ah, this is perfect. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go with the sweet potatoes because Mm -hmm. I felt like that gave me a really good way to make them. And I thought they were extra caramely and extra delicious. So. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you on that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going back to sweet potatoes. Well, in any case, if any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and our grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There you'll find links to all the recipes, anything we talked about, like the five-pound chicken situation, and um, any other discussion we had. If you'd like to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. We would love to see you on the boards there. We're at Dinner Sisters Podcast. Just search for that and you'll find us. All right, Kate, before we head to the smorgasbord, a break. Okay, Kate, for the smorgasbord today, we are pulling out a old classic, Mm. Rants and Raves. And then we have a special announcement at the end. So make sure you listen all the way through today. Okay, Betsy, so you're doing rant. What is your rant for the day? Okay, so my rant has to do with baking and it's mm. not i've found a sort of new lo- a newfound love and appreciation especially after our midwest made cookbook week i love that one thing that is driving me absolutely bonkers on baking recipes is the direction mm. to let your dough or batter or what have you rest wrapped in plastic wrap or saran wrap yeah because i've I've been trying to eliminate saran wrap and some single-use plastics from my kitchen, and I've been mostly successful, and I know there are a lot of alternatives, which we'll talk about, uh, but I just – I would – I really wish that recipe developer recipe developers and recipe writers would include just in – like in the course of writing the recipe, an alternative, like wrap it in plastic wrap or your beeswax. Or it doesn't need to be wrapped or tell me why I specifically need plastic wrap for this or if I don't. And it just comes up a lot specifically in baking. And every time I see it, I just um, I get a little angry. Yeah, I I hear you on that. I wonder I've got a couple theories. I think some of it is just like if you go to culinary school and you work in a pastry kitchen, you have this gigantic box of industrial plastic wrap. And it's like a thing of magic, right? You can like wrap anything in it. And it's got this little slider goes zip, zip. And then you've got this plastic wrap forever. So I think you just get in the habit. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to excuse it. I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of maybe where some of it comes from. But I think you're right. Sometimes like they'll say, oh, wrap your dough tight as it rises. And I think maybe sometimes that's true. But oftentimes like a towel is fine. Like you just want stuff to fall in it. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Which is what I, I would like to know. How necessary is this? Like, is a tea mm-hmm. towel okay here or is saran wrap a necessity? Because I 
have. I tried to eliminate everything totally, but now I realized I would just get frustrated sometimes. So I have a roll of saran wrap and I have one bag of gallon Ziplocs, but I try to really make those last as long as I possibly can. So I want to use it sparingly and only when it's really needed. And Mm -hmm. these bakers are just like, use (sighs) it willy nilly. Yeah. Rant. Plastic wrap. Okay. That's a good one. What's your rave? Okay, my rave is like on the opposite end of the spectrum for plastic wrap, which is actually boiled eggs, which okay. has a little bit to do with what I was talking about before about having my life together, which is I have gotten in this new habit of making like six to eight, like a half dozen or so, like seven minute eggs. And then I keep oh. them in my little Odette, like not um, not Odette, um, Alexander. Let me say this again. I keep these seven minute eggs and I keep them in my little uh, Alexander Stafford one quart or two quarts. Is it two quarts? It's Pyrex. one quart. Mm-hmm. One quart one Pyrex quart. bowls. Nice. That I sometimes have for bread, but more, most often um, I've got it, you know, and then I can just pull it out. But in any case, it fits exactly like eight little eggs. And I just, to make them, I do the, the put them in boiling water method. So I boil some water. Lower the eggs in once the water's boiling and then boil them for exactly seven minutes because I like a seven minute egg, which is just just on the side of like done enough that you can cut it up. It's not super Mm -hmm. runny. Mm -hmm. And then I just like shock them in cold ice water, pull them out and keep them in the fridge. Nice. And then I just have like a little bowl of hard boiled eggs, which is so nice because I'll have like one or two for breakfast sometimes or like sliced on some toast, you know, and then Mm -hmm. or like I really want a bad snack, not a bad snack, but like a not so good for you snack. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And I'll be like, I'll have a, I'll have an egg. I like an egg and they're nutritious and good. And I'll put some crunchy salt on it and it's delightful. And it's just one of those things that makes you feel like you have your life together. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I get um, that. Yeah. So that's my, that's my little rave. I would encourage you if you're an egg eater, you know, consider keeping a little bowl of them in the fridge because they last, I mean, I don't even keep them. They're not in there longer than a week for sure. And I like them in the bowl because then you don't have the, is this hard boiled or not question, which is, you know, if you put them back in, (laughs) back in an egg carton, you're like, and that's always not good. So, so yeah, that's my, my rave for the day. Yeah. Other exciting news. What do we have coming up, Betsy, next week? Our 100th episode. (gasps) Kate, (sighs) what a fantastic week here. I mean, things are going great. Mm-hmm. They're going great. A hundred episodes. I can't even believe. I mean, there was a point where it's like, Betsy, we've done 15 episodes of this. <laughs> I know. And that and seems just, like a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's just amazing. We're having a very special dinner party to celebrate. All right. That's what's for dinner this week. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com. We've got show notes, all sorts of fun stuff. If you have some dinner ideas or just something to say, shoot us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. Last, as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe or tell a friend. Actually, that's how people really get to know us. Thanks and happy eating.